it always revolves around the audience. So what does that audience need? And then we ask ourselves, what as a brand can we do to deliver that? Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Matt Rouse. And today my guest is Roger with Jar Audio. Roger, how are you doing? Doing good, Matt. Thanks so much for having me. No problem. And Roger Nairn is the co-founder and CEO of Jar Audio, one of the world's largest podcast production agencies specializing in producing podcasts for brands. And do you want to tell us a little bit more about what Jar Audio does? Yeah, definitely. So Jar Audio helps companies grow their revenue and impact by producing original ROI-driven podcasts that make meaningful connections with listeners. So essentially, we're a creative studio that uh, produces original podcasts with brands. We've had an opportunity to do that with big brands like Expedia, Lululemon, RBC, which is the largest bank in Canada and is also in the U.S., Cineplex, which is Canada's largest movie theater chain, the Port of Vancouver, plus a whole bunch of other brands as well. So we go in and we become the podcast wing of these companies. So we do everything from concepting strategy, developing concepts and ideas behind the podcast, producing the podcast itself, finding the right host, finding the right guests, and then all the editing. We you know, do everything from custom music to obviously editing of the episodes themselves. And then we do all the distribution. So get it onto all the podcast players and directories and then analyze all the analytics and do all the marketing behind the shows themselves as well. Okay, so you also market the shows, not just create them. Exactly. Yeah, it's not a it's not a podcast unless people are listening to it. That's true. When a brand approaches you about a podcast, is it usually something like they've heard a podcast from another brand or they're just they've heard about podcasting, they want to get into it? Like what's the driving force behind brands getting into podcasts? couple ways that they typically reach out to us. One is, yes, they've heard another podcast from from another brand and, and they say, you know, we want to do something similar. Or perhaps they have somebody internally who are podcast champions who absolutely love podcasts and see the opportunity for storytelling and engaging with an audience. And so they go looking for the right team to partner up with. And also in some cases we work with, we work with agencies. So, you know, some of these big brands work with different advertising agencies and we become their production wing essentially. So I think a lot of, a lot of, you know, CMOs and marketing leaders these days are seeing the, the growth of podcasts and also just the, the growth and opportunity with audio aside from you know, your typical radio ads and things like that. They're seeing opportunities to have, you know, more intimate, engaging relationships with their followers and their fans. And so the idea of a podcast leads them down to doing the research and reaching out to us. Now, as a podcast for a brand, is it usually something, I, I mean, generally it's probably brand related somehow, but is it more related to kind of the culture behind their brand rather than just being purely commercial? Or is it, I don't know, an example would be like, Mount Equipment Co-op or REI in the U.S. and they would say, we want a hiking podcast or is it different than that? Yeah, great question. So, you know, at the end of the day, nobody wants to listen to a 20 or 30 minute ad. So let's get that right out from the top is that these are not advertisements. These are really great audio content that just happens to be brought to you by a brand. It's a great podcast that is full of value and is, is something that listeners are going to want to subscribe to and and develop a habit 
bit around. It just happens to be brought to you by a brand. So I'll give you a couple of examples. One of our clients is Expedia, and they came to us with a with a challenge. And the, the challenge was, you know, from a brand perspective, we want to be known more as a helpful brand. You know, we want to see that helpful dial be be turned up, and we want to do so through the podcast. And so we developed a show called Out Travel the System, which is all about how to hack the travel world, the online travel world specifically. And so listeners listen to the show. It's not about Expedia. There's the odd guest who happens to be from Expedia because I can make an argument that Expedia leads the world when it comes to on the online travel space. And so they have the most amazing data scientists and travel experts. So occasionally you'll see somebody from the show. But for the most part, episodes are all about how to get the most out of your, you know, your online travel, whether it's researching, whether it's finding the best deals or actually expanding beyond that into trip planning. Like how do you travel through the U.S. to all the major national parks with a family of four? Or how do you go to Disneyland for under two? thousand dollars. And so every episode is trying to be as helpful as possible. And so that really links up nicely with the brand. It just happens to be brought to you by Expedia. So that leads me to a sort of unrelated question. Do you have a favorite travel hack? that you like to do when you're traveling? Oh, that's a great question. I think, <laughs> so we just had a, we did a recent episode was with uh, Nilu, who's the one of the judges on Top Chef, if you're, you know, for the food lovers out there. And in the episode, uh, we talked about, or one of the things they talked about is how do you bring food back over the border when you come back from Italy or you come back from, from Turkey and all these places with just amazing food. And so in the episode, they talk about this travel bag that they carry with them whenever they travel. And it keeps the food cool. It keeps the food nice and fresh and, and, and travels quite nicely, but also like packs up easily. So it's stuff like that where it's, it's, it's just really, really great tips and tricks. I'm a big food guy. So that one really caught my ear. Having just traveled like a few days before we recorded this, I have a good one if you're going to Canada from outside of Canada, especially if you're coming from the United States, is you want to download uh, an app. There's two, actually. One's called Arrive Can, which is the Canada arrival app. And that will answer all your questions like about quarantine and all this kind of stuff. And then there's also a customs app and you get them both on your phone and you can fill them out in advance. It's awesome. And then when you arrive, it'll email you every day for 14 days so that you can answer your questions about, you know, are you still in quarantine? You know, do you have any symptoms? That kind of stuff. It makes it a lot smoother if you do that stuff in advance. Yeah, that's great. You know, when this is going to come out in uh, January, so we may not still have quarantine by then, but I think it probably still will. I mean, I can't see them vaccinating, you know, 400 million people in North America by then. So totally. Yeah, it's going to take a while. Also, I can guarantee you a lot of people in the United States are not going to get vaccinated. I don't want to talk about people's opinions on vaccines, but I mean, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, unfortunately not. So hopefully my episode doesn't get flagged for medical. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But So when you guys are working with a brand, how do you like if they don't come to the table with some ideas? How do you come up with an idea for the podcast? Yeah. So I think the first thing we do is we ask them, who's the audience that we're looking to speak to? And every brand has an audience. It, it could be the wide audience of, of their existing customers, or it could be uh, a certain customer segment that they're looking to attract or, or, you know, start a relationship with. And so once we know who that audience is, we dissect that audience and so we understand everything from all the demographics and geographics behind them. But then we really get into some of their 
habits around, you know, how do they listen to podcasts? What other podcasts are they listening to? What are some of the other forms of content that they're engaging with? And then we get into things like, what do they need? What are some of the, you know, the challenges that they have right now in life? What are some of the things that they perhaps need to be taught? You know, perfect example is, you know, with, with the pandemic going on right now, there's a lot of people that have unfortunately lost their jobs and, and a lot of people that are going to be going, you know, uh, to look for new work. And unfortunately, a lot of those people haven't looked for a job in decades in some cases. And so if you're a brand, you need to ask yourself, you know, how can we help that, you know, that problem or that challenge? And maybe you're a job search company like Indeed. Well, then let's, you know, let's create a podcast around how to get back into the workforce when maybe you haven't been there for, for a really long time. Well, well, then we ask ourselves, like, how can we do that? Well, let's tell some stories about successful people who have gotten back into the workforce at a later age in life, or maybe they've uh, pivoted in some way, but, you know, to a new career later in life, things like that. And so it always revolves around the audience. So what does that audience need? And then we ask ourselves, what as a brand can we do to deliver that? And some of the ways to do that is to look at the brand characteristics and the brand values and through there, get an understanding of how we can tangentially align with some of these things. Or it could be, you know, hey, we've got some skills as an organization or we've got, you know, a, a really great either service or offering or knowledge in a certain area. And then let's create a show around that. And shows can be crafted in a number of different ways. It could be very much, you know, sort of one on one like this where we're just, you know, episode to episode bringing on a new guest to dig deep into a certain topic and, and sort of relay that information to our audience so that they can take it in and, and learn from it. Or maybe it's something that needs to be a little bit more emotional and, and we need to deliver a sense of happiness or, or, you know, we need to strike a chord and hit certain emotions with people. So maybe we go a little bit more sort of narrative storytelling space and, and you know, create a great show through that. So there's all sorts of different options and ways of, of, of doing it, but it always revolves around who the audience is and, and what do they need. So if let's say you're a company who is maybe not a large brand and you're trying to kind of get started into podcasting, what do you think is kind of the first steps that a company would need to take or an entrepreneur would need to take to kind of get the ball rolling to get that kind of figured out? Totally. I, th I think before you even get to that point, there's there's sort of, I guess, sort of three questions you should ask yourself. One is, do we have a certain level of creative bravery as an organization to be able to do this? Because creative bravery is going to ensure that you're producing a great podcast. And one of the ways to do that is to just keep pushing the boundaries around great storytelling. And, you know, maybe as an organization being a little bit more vulnerable than what you're typically used to, because if you're going to create a, a sort of milk toast podcast, that's not listenable. And if it's not listenable, then there's no point in discussing this from a marketing perspective, because then it's not going to perform. The second question is, are we committed to continually delivering value for the listener and focusing on them? Because if not, then, then chances are you're going to be focusing on yourself as a brand too much. And then we get into the advertising space and nobody's going to listen to a, to a 20 or 30 minute ad. And then the third area is, are we willing to continue to iterate and, and stay flexible in our production and medium? So one of the great things about podcasting is 
when you push the podcast out to the world, you get a, a big, uh, I kind of think of it like, like waves, the waves go out, the waves come in, you know, when waves come in, it's full of data and information on the, you know, the demographics and ge- geography of, of who's, re- you know, who's listening to the podcast. But then also you're able to see all the consumption data around how long are people listening for? Where do people drop off? Where are they getting bored or where are they skipping? And that's all information that you can use to evolve the show as you're producing. It's like A-B testing landing pages. You know, you're not going to continue A-B testing. You're going to take one side and try to make that side better. And then you're going to A-B test something new. Well, same thing with podcasting is as you're as you're producing episodes, you're going to be analyzing the data and, and trying to improve constantly. And so those are sort of three main questions that as a company, you should start by asking yourself that. And then the next is, are you willing to commit to the long term with this? Because one of the things with podcast listeners who are quite fickle is they, you know, they're like toddlers. They thrive on routine <laughs> and they love the consistency of episodes. And so if you're not willing to, you know, long term plan and produce the show based on a consistent either weekly based distribution or a biweekly, then, you know, it might not be for you. And so if you've, if you've answered all those questions, do you feel good about it? The first thing to do is to just sit down and, and talk about who that audience is and, and what they need and how you can help them. And, and as, as companies out there, there's no better time than now to help your audience and deliver as much value as possible. You know, marketers have been really struggling with how to speak during COVID. And one of the, you know, one of the things that they try not to do is to sort of oversell their audience or come across as too sort of opportunistic. And, and now is just the perfect time to, instead of broadcast, you know, a a bunch of marketing messages, you know, be as helpful as possible. Yeah. I think you really need to have, I've, I mean, I speak to people all the time about podcasts because, you know, we work with small businesses and plus run a bunch of business networking groups and stuff. Right. And I get asked, well, what should I do if I start my podcast? I'm like, well, the first thing you need to do is commit the resources to do at least a year before you make any decision about if you're going to keep doing it or not. Exactly. It's not, can I buy a microphone for my laptop and some software? Can I afford to have editing? Can I afford to? And I mean, that could be a time commitment or a money commitment, right? So it's beyond just the equipment and stuff. Because I we get more listeners per week now than we got in the first six months, right? And so it builds and it builds. Just like you were saying where people get in a routine, it's hard to believe that somebody wants to hear my voice twice a week, but it's true. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, and and it's not even just about your voice. It's about the value that you're delivering. And so somebody out there is hearing what you're handing to them and they're saying, they're voting, really. I want more. And they're subscribing to the show, which means that they're actively asking for more of that content when it's ready and available. You know, you can see in your data how long people are listening to as well. You know, there's there's no better medium right now for engagement. Jar Audio's podcasts get on average of a 95 to 98% listen through rate on a 20 to 30 minute episode. Like that's crazy compared to other forms of, of media. You know, you look at the, the average YouTube video, one minute YouTube video gets on average about a 50% watch through rate. And that's only a minute. And then you look at other forms of media. And, and the, so r- right now, if you can produce great content in, in, in a podcast form from a marketing perspective, there's really nothing matched right now. I love the ability of the podcast medium itself, not just for the amount of 
you know, reach and knowledge transfer you can get and the engagement you can get, but also meeting your guests and other people involved in the industry is fantastic. Yeah, it's a very friendly industry and, and everyone is like you're building community, right? And yes, there's lots of other forms of media that allow you to build that community as well. But there's something about a podcast listener where they're, I think, I think a lot of it comes down to the level of intimacy that you get with a, with a podcast. I mean, literally, you know, you're talking to me in my ears right now. Never mind the fact that it's sort of the theater of the mind or you're in someone's car, you know, or driving your car, right? It's a very solo activity as well. And, and we've seen that more so with the pandemic as people are taking, you know, their breaks from, frankly, the family, but also just, you know, sitting in their, in their living room watching the 10th Zoom call of the day. You know, people are taking a little bit of, of me time. They're going for a walk. They're walking the dog. They're washing the dishes. They're listening to podcasts. And actually, the crazy thing is, is there was a, a study done by Beat the BBC. It was called BBC Audio Activated. And it said that podcast listeners actually appreciate marketing messages more than any other medium. And actually, the, the, the really cool thing was when they listen to a podcast, the marketing message actually absorbs, uh, you know, into this, into their psyche vastly quicker than any other marketing medium. And a lot of it comes down to the fact that you're doing other things, which actually makes a more fuel efficient way of, of the message sort of absorbing, which is completely opposite than any other marketing medium, or at least completely opposite of anything I've ever learned about marketing is, you know, the more messages, the more clutter, the more advertising out there, the less, you know, your, your brand has to break through. But actually with podcasting, it's complete opposite, which is really cool. I think a lot of that might be also that, like, if you listen to a radio station, there's specific breaks for commercials, right? It's like commercial, 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 song, song, commercial, 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 right? Whereas a podcast, a lot of times, I know some of them are a bit structured, you know, it's like introduction to the show, commercial break, rest of show, commercial break kind of thing, or it might be just one spot in the middle. But if it's something integrated in the show, like I know we don't specifically have commercials in our show for any of our products, but, you know, we'll mention things that we do from time to time and people will respond to those. I can tell, like I had an episode that came out just last week where we were talking about something to do with email marketing. And I said, yeah, we do a, we have an email marketing course called Inbox Mastery. And I can see the search volume go up. Totally. So people are searching for that term and they're going, oh, I'm interested in this thing. Exactly. Again, you're delivering value. You're, you're, you have something that is of, of value to your listeners. So why wouldn't they look it up? I think also podcast hosts develop such a great relationship with the listener that when they do mention something, there's that trust level. And, you know, we, we, we both know how important trust is, you know, in marketing. And so if you have that relationship and you're honestly, you know, excited or interested about, you know, XYZ product, of course, I'm going to be, you wouldn't be surprised, but listeners would be surprised just how much things I've purchased, whether it's, you know, MeUndies boxers or or a Casper mattress, or of course, I've I've purchased all those things, Harry's razors, (laughs) MailChimp and all that sort of stuff. It it definitely works for me. (laughs) My wife always jokes like, how is it that you've worked in advertising for 20 some odd years and you are the one person I know who constantly falls for ads. And I'm like, well, I'm not falling for them. I'm really impressed with what they have to say. And I feel like I need to reward them somehow. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, if, I mean, if somebody gets the message across about their product or service and it's something that you need, that's the whole point, right? Uh, yeah, and, and, you know, I've always said people don't hate advertising. They hate shitty advertising. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, there's so much, too. Yeah. I think almost every episode on this show, and we're like 140 or something at this point, I've said that the internet is full of garbage because it is. It just is. There's so much bad advertising and everybody's like trying to make a quick buck and they will do anything to get something in front of you. And they'll spam literally millions of people to try and sell whatever garbage that they can. When realistically, instead of doing that, instead of trying to scream to the rafters to anybody who will listen, you just need to whisper to the people who are in your target market, who are in your tribe, and and they will be the people who buy that stuff anyway. Yeah, and then that tribe will introduce the show to to other people. Right. Everything else is a waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> For your brand. Every everybody you yell at that's not going to listen to or buy your thing anyway, it's, there's no point in talking to them because they don't want it, right? Yeah. I guess there is some you know, people who say, well, people would want it if they knew about it, you know, but yeah, there's definitely the awareness factor for sure. Yeah, there's that's going to be really small amount compared to the millions and millions and millions of spam emails and other garbage that gets sent out. There's even spam podcasts now where they're just renaming the same stuff from the same shows, 500 different names and uploading them all. And, you know, there's all kinds of crap that goes on. Yep, yep. There's the black market of everything. <laughs> yeah. But luckily, you don't have to listen to that because all of our listeners are well educated, intelligent, good looking people. Exactly. Yeah. They smell <laughs> good. They smell good. And they too. smell great. They smell fantastic. I can smell them from here. I, I'm in Vancouver. Right. I can smell them. <laughs> That's right. And I'm in Nova Scotia. We're literally at each end of Canada right now. We're literally the opposite parts of the country. Yeah. Actually, literally, you couldn't get any farther. <laughs> yeah. My wife and I were joking when we moved that we were moving 20% across the planet. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. It's roughly that. I think it's 18.5% of the width of the planet. But yeah, quite the, the move talking about stories. Is Nova Scotia farther from Vancouver than the tip of... Would you be the farthest you could get in North America or would that be the tip of Florida? No, I think the farthest you could get would be the eastern side of Labrador. Okay. They're out a bit farther than us. And so we're on the south end. So we're kind of by Portland, Maine, kind of directly across. So we moved from Portland, Oregon to right across the bay from Portland, Maine. And <laughs> it's almost like east directly. Like it's not even, it's barely north. Everybody thinks you move to Canada, you're moving to like, you know, Nunavut or something, right? And you're going to be 16 months of winter and, you know, it's going to be dark for three months while you live in your igloo. But it's totally not the case. There's lots of parts of Canada that are south. We all know Santa because he's just, you know, next door neighbors. That's right. Well, just the North Pole. Yeah. <laughs> there are parts of, so my parents used to live in London, Ontario, and they were south of where I lived in Portland, Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> so people don't don't understand the geography of, of, of all of it. Exactly. Yeah. But it's not I mean, they just don't teach it in schools anymore, right? No. No. You don't need to know how the geography is. When I moved to Portland, I had to look it up on a map because I didn't know where Oregon was. Because we didn't take any US geography in school when I was younger. Like they just didn't give a shit. <laughs> They're like, You don't live in there. Why do you need this, you know? And now my business partner lives in Costa Rica and I'm living in Nova Scotia and traveling back and forth to the US doing the snowbird thing. It's so funny. 
Yeah, it's great, though. You know, I love Vancouver, too. It's a beautiful city. So actually, <laughs> not to keep talking on the podcast here about, about moving, but podcast is about storytelling. I know. Well, I, this is an interesting story. I drove from Vancouver, B.C. to Portland, Oregon, and I was like driving, 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 driving. I'd gone a long way before I got to Vancouver. And then I drove south to get to Portland, down I-5. I pulled off the freeway to just get gas or whatever, right? And I got back on the freeway and I saw a sign that's like 120 miles to Vancouver. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, I know where this is going. So I turned around on the freeway and there's another sign for Vancouver, right? And I'm like, this is the worst. Thing. So I had to go ask somebody because I didn't know there was a Vancouver, Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So halfway there, <laughs> you're like, there's a Vancouver sign coming up on both sides of the freeway. No matter which side you get on, you're headed towards Vancouver. Totally. It's confusing. And back in 2001, there's no GPS, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so funny. So I had, a, I had a flip phone, you know, like <laughs> we have my, my wife and I have a, a little toddler. He's two and a half. And I remember when he was about one and a half, we would take him to these like they call them open gyms where they would be like at a community center and there would be all sorts of toys and, and balls. And the, the, you, it's just a way to get their beans out. So, you you know, you'd, you'd watch them run around. And and we were in there one day and uh, I noticed that all <laughs> I don't know why, but I noticed that all the the plugs in this uh, community center. They didn't have the little plastic things you stick in so kids don't stick their finger in. So I went on Twitter and I found the Vancouver Community Center. Oh, no, I said it was the no, it was the mayor's office. And, and I sent a note you know, thinking that it would go to somebody who would then pass it on to these community centers. And I said, hey, just a heads up, you know, you guys should really put these little plastic things. They're like 10 cents, you know, put them. So because there's like a dozen of them and, and these kids are and there's like 50 kids in the room. And it was like a respond back. <laughs> it's actually I'm sorry. This is uh, Vancouver, Washington. And but we really appreciate the tip. And that's something we should probably consider as well. And then it was signed off as the mayor. <laughs> the mayor responds to their Twitter account. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, I lived in, in, in Hillsboro and, and we know Mayor Calloway there. And man, you talk about responsive people in Hillsboro, especially compared to Portland next door. <laughs> Portland was not nearly as responsive as Hillsboro, but it's a much smaller town, right? So, mm-hmm. but yeah, so podcasting, definitely still an upcoming thing. I know it's it's like a word everybody knows now, but man, mm-hmm. it's just been growing and growing. It doesn't look like it's slowing down in, in any way, if not just growing further and more international as it goes and a great way to connect with people and connect with brands. If somebody has a brand or works with a brand or an advertising firm, they want to get a hold of you. What's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. The best way is to go to jaraudio.com. And also if you're, you know, if you're interested in learning more about podcasting with brands, we run a biweekly webinar and everybody is free to join. All they need to do is go to jaraudio.com forward slash webinar and they can sign up for the webinar. It's a really, really great way to, to learn the ins and outs of the entire industry, but also we give some great tips on how to get started as a brand and some of the pitfalls to watch out for. So chock full of value and we hope to see some of you there. Perfect. And we'll have the show notes at hookseo.com slash podcast. And uh, on your podcast player, if you click down the bottom, you'll see the show notes in there. The the show notes that no one ever reads on their podcast player. (laughs) Roger, thank you so much for being on. And man, it's an interesting time right now. And it's just going to keep getting more interesting. And I think uh, podcasting is a way that brands and and even small businesses and entrepreneurs and stuff and solopreneurs can get a little more 
structure to their business and their life. I think it's it's a fantastic thing to help people get through the COVID times. Absolutely. Thanks, Matt. And thanks to everyone. You're smelling great. That's right. You smell great, people. <laughs> this has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Now stay tuned for a preview of our next episode of Digital Marketing Masters. Join us next week as we dive into more tips and ideas to grow your business. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.